0: Hey, y'all, this is Ashley, also known as Bored Becky, and you're listening to Fire It Up on the
1: Blockchain with Travi. Hey, Travi, let's effing go.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and degens for the thousands in attendance and the millions listening in podcast land. My name is Travi, and we are fired up on the blockchain. Let's go. Don't tell them what I'm fired to. Little fired up when my time's tied up with you. Wouldn't change his carbon view. Loving every carbon pew 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 pew. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. What is up? I am Travi, Travi.eth at Mr. Travis though on Twitter. And I am fired up on grass. That's right. Well, I'm fired up on grass verse. And really, I'm fired up because I think on the previous episode, Nadim and I talked a little bit about how we are Batman fans. But all I can say right now is riddle me this. That's right. Riddles.eth or at Ethernaz is here with us for an exclusive interview. Riddles does not do podcasts. I think he's maybe done one. I've talked on this podcast about bringing founders on. We've been able to do that. Some thought leaders, we've been able to do that. But it's funny because I had reached out to not just a handful of people, but a large amount of people with the same question of, if I was going to invite somebody onto this podcast... Who do you think you would want to hear? And um, there were a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. We had names that um, would be maybe very possible and some names that would be maybe very impossible. And one name that they all, almost all of them, agreed that they wanted to hear from, but also thought was impossible. Is the man, the myth, the legend, Riddles, who is going to be with us today... And Riddles and I, I think, have not only a passion for the space, but a passion for the sort of just be a good person, no BS, just bring it. That's right, to take, to take a phrase out of The Rock's playbook there. Um, I'm very excited to bring to you the exclusive interview with Riddles. I think maybe Riddles went from having a couple hundred followers just a few months ago to now hovering somewhere around twenty five thousand followers, uh, I know he doesn't do this to get the followers, but you know we do talk about how impactful his threads on Twitter are and if you're not super familiar with threads and how they work on Twitter, uh, you know each tweet is limited to only a certain amount of characters, so if you have something you want to say about a certain topic, you can kind of thread one tweet after the next together, so it kind of reads all all in one tweet instead of kind of pushing out tweet after tweet after tweet. It's a nice way to keep it very uh, cohesive for your followers. And, you know, going back, you know, talking about the people who I know in this space, I mean, everybody knows who Riddles is and Riddles just now is coming out with his own ecosystem to be a part of his inner circle uh, with a project Well, not a project, an ecosystem called Grassverse NFT. We'll talk about the term grass and what that means in NFT land and what touching grass means and why Riddles thinks that the metaverse isn't necessarily just in your screen. So we'll get to that conversation in just a minute right after today's Community Spotlight. And if you want to learn more about the basics and foundation of NFTs, stay tuned after my interview with Riddles for your first NFT tutoring session. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Let's go down the rabbit hole and talk about one community I've gotten to know pretty well. And those are all my friends at the Flyfish Club. So, the Flyfish Club is the world's first members only private dining club where membership is purchased on the blockchain as an NFT and owned by the token holder to gain access to not only the restaurant, but various culinary, cultural and social experiences. So this is founded by Gary Vaynerchuk and his group called the VCR Group, and it consists of David Rodolitz, the founder and CEO, along with chef Josh Capon. And Connor Hanlon. And some of the interesting components to what's already been going on with the community are that while they're finishing up the real estate, the building, all of the wonderful things that the Flyfish Club will have for the in person dining experience and social experience in Manhattan, they've also been putting in place different experiences leading up to the actual grand opening of the Flyfish Club. The very first one, some of you might have heard about this. It was a Miami yacht party uh, with with holders of the Flyfish Club. There was an exclusive party uh, during the week of Vcon on a rooftop with uh, an exclusive uh, open bar for holders and a uh, certain invited guests, I suppose. And there was a party at NFT NYC that I was lucky enough to uh, be present for. And in addition to that, there have been numerous cooking classes with the chefs, uh, which these are world-renowned chefs. And I know just from hearing that other people have have done private ones have gone for upwards of double digits of thousands of dollars. So to have that included with the membership is awesome. There have also been wine tastings with Gary. So there's actually one this week uh, that I hope to attend as well. So uh, and, and and that's all before the restaurant itself even opens. So got to meet a lot of guys and girls in person. I uh, got to play some golf with a few of them a couple of different times. Shout out Brian Christensen Esquire, Chris Pepe, and personal trainer to the stars, Dylan Paul. And it's a great community um, to kind of go along with today's theme of touching grass. So getting out there, living your normal life, uh, getting out and enjoying yourself. I got to touch some grass right there on the golf course not that long ago. But yeah, such a great community, great group of people. Uh, what Gary V uh, is doing, David Rodolitz is doing, Chef Hanlon and Chef Capon. So keep up the good work. Make sure if you do look for the Flyfish Club, you only use official links. There are some scammers and fake ones out there, but that's your community spotlight this week. Shout out everybody at Flyfish Club. Without further ado, The man, the myth, the legend, my buddy, Riddles. So you've heard me say on this podcast before that my goal is to bring in thought leaders and all different minds from around the Web3 and NFT space. And I don't think you can use the term thought leader without including riddles.eth or at ethernaz. And I think that, so what's funny is I've reached out to a lot of people in my networks and I put out to them who would be, if you can name anybody who you would want to hear on this podcast, who would you want to hear? And I think almost every single one of them gave me a short list that included Riddles. And Riddles, if you have been living under a rock, Riddles is best known uh, for his very thoughtful threads on Twitter. And um, as I mentioned, you know, being known within the Web3 community sometimes feels like you're really early and it's a really small group of people, but honestly, it's a, there's a lot of moving parts within Web3 and NFTs. And sometimes you just need somebody who's not afraid to speak up and discuss some of the topics that are on the forefront of this NFT and Web3 world that we're all building together. And let me tell you, when he speaks, people listen. Uh, So we have a term uh, in NFT land called touching grass. So for anyone who's learning some of the terms, touching grass kind of means get out there, live your life a little bit. um, Go out, enjoy yourself, kind of take your break from the screen, however you want to use that term. And uh, Riddles and I were just chatting and I was uh, telling how I actually got to touch some grass. I went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert the other day. And um, you know, Riddles has actually a way for us all to touch some grass through real-life experiences and bonds within a current ecosystem that he's actually put together, called Grassverse NFT. So I am delighted, I'm thrilled. Um, I am excited, I am fired up today to welcome the one and only riddles to fire it up on the blockchain with Travi Riddles. I can't believe you are here. I know you don't do these things very often, but thank you for joining me. How are you?
1: Hey, Travi, let's effing go. I am super excited to be here, and frankly, um, I do I do anything for really great people in the space. And we've interacted in the past, and and we've had such fantastic interactions. And I know that you're plugged into a lot of the great communities that that I've also come up uh, under. Um, just just being in this space and, and I also respect you as an individual in Web3. So um, yes, I don't do this often. This is probably my second podcast that I'm doing. There, there was one that I've done a couple months ago, maybe three or four months ago. So that's hopefully letting you know how special you are for me to you know accept to do this. And I'm, I'm frankly humbled by a lot of the folks who um, point to me as an individual that they want to listen to, so hopefully you know i don't i don't let them down so let's uh, let 's get this fired away. yeah, I know there have been
0: some podcasts as of late that have gotten some notoriety positive or negative they've been able to get you know founders of of projects like the board Apes, maybe Elon Musk right. and maybe some different political figures over time, but I think right now you know when we 're in the market that we 're in. And, you know, we look within ourselves as NFT and Web3 world. And, you know, I kind of talk about how what I want to do here is have a platform uh, for the builders by the builders and the people who I think, you know, down the road when Web3 and NFTs are, you know, a little bit more commonplace, are going to look back and and look at some of the OGs. Uh, I think riddles, you're going to be right there in that conversation. And then when I think about, you know, kind of not to kind of use a pun, but when I think about OGs, um, and I talk about sometimes on the podcast, one of the groups that I'm a part of is called the OG Collective, and these are some people who are project founders, um, major collectors, some other thought leaders, and you know a lot of people, when I have these interactions with them – they look up to you as well, and I know a couple of them um, have definitely also been a part of uh, the Grassverse uh, NFT, which I'm very happy to say that I am also uh, yeah. a, a proud holder within that ecosystem. Um, so we'll get to more on that in a little bit, but also too, like there's NFT project founders, um, you know, that aren't necessarily part of the OG collective who I've bumped into. Everybody knows you. Everybody knows your work, in To be honest, everybody has some some element of respect for you, Um, and it's great because, like, I don't think many people kind of you know know kind of what you look like or what you're you know if you have a nine to five or what that looks like. But you have been so impactful. How did that kind of start for you? I mean. Everyone's got different entry points for getting involved in Web3, but you know, if if people go onto your Twitter and they take a look at a little bit within one of your threads there for how Grassverse started, they can see a bit of a bio in your education. Yeah, but how did this kind of start from this, I don't know, like normie sort of like Web2 world to to becoming one of the most, I guess, prominent thought leaders within um, Web3 today?
1: Yeah, well, that that is an incre- incredibly humbling, Travis. So uh, I'll, I'll try to answer this uh, as as crisp as possible. It is somewhat of a long story, right? And, and I'm happy to get personal here because I think that the audience deserves uh, something honest, right? Which is, I think, one of the reasons that uh, people um, have started to appreciate that about me um it's one of the things people appreciate i'm always honest and i don't i don't bullshit people uh, and and i just try to be real as much as possible and and also respecting everyone as much as i respect myself right so those are some of the traits that i think people are attracted to in this space no matter who you are if you're riddles.eth if you're travy whoever the hell you are in this space that's really important right so what i um when i started off uh, just in my career, right? Like I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I grew up in, in Canada and, and being in Toronto, I found myself to be a person who did uh, quite a few degrees, just two degrees. So like had an undergrad and did my business school afterwards. And a lot of that is really expensive uh, for, a, for a person, right? So once you kind of come out of that, um, you have a little bit of a student debt and you are figuring out, um, how to, you know, make uh, the best out of your life afterwards, right? So um, given the, in the tax environment that I see in Canada, so like um, if you're, you know, a person who ha- even has a good job uh, or a really good job, you may be paying like close to 50% to 54% marginal tax on all of your income. And on top of that, the home prices in Toronto were like for for an average de- no for like the worst detached home in Toronto a couple years ago, um, it was um, about like one point six million dollars CAD or something like that right. So as a as a person a young professional looking to make a living, you start to slowly realize that like if you don't have assets that are appreciating, um, you keep falling further and further behind right. So like someone who bought a home like three years ago probably for like on leverage, um, you know, paid some 10% down and, and 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 it was essentially like 800K, right? And they, they just like wrote out the COVID wave of the money printing that the Fed does and all these other kind of, the, the ways that the system is set up, the system is set up to kind of, you know, deflate, um, you know, inflate incomes, right? Like devalue people's incomes and uh, overvalue assets because the governments need to fund themselves somehow, right? So I won't go into the, macro part of it, right? But um I do come from a finance and economics background. I do do management consultings for the largest asset managers in the space. So I always had a knowledge for finance and the markets, but the interesting thing is even traditional players in the market don't fully appreciate and understand cutting-edge technology and where society is going and how exponential the world really is, right? So even A lot of people that are in this space, you should be proud of yourself because sometimes even the quote unquote money managers that are managing billions and trillions of dollars, they can't even appreciate something that people in this space have learned to appreciate. Right. So, um, you know, kind of sticking back to that time frame. I realized that everyone needs to earn their money twice, right? They need to first earn their money and then beat inflation to, uh, you know, protect their money or grow their money. Um, so how was I going to do the second part? I started, you know, looking into all types of stocks, options, traditional, op- traditional ways of investing. Um, things weren't really panning out. I couldn't really make sense of it or have a proper thesis on it. Um, I touched, I dabbled in Bitcoin in 2017, 2018. Um, wrote it up wrote it down didn't really know what it was didn't appreciate it but i properly had a chance on march 2021 to really dive into bitcoin ethereum layer twos basically everything that really intrigued me because i just got the picture like i just knew that something that comes out of the ashes over and over is not going to go away it's just going to be a a matter of like if you can ride out the volatility the the exponential the upside is just phenomenal right so I was really kind of understood the value proposition, um, the issues with property rights around uh, the world and and what really blockchain was solving, because even in my um, advisory role for a large asset manager, I could see blockchain applications all over the place. And I thought that this was the one technology that was going to disrupt every single sector. And there aren't too many technologies that used to do that. The internet was one of those technologies, you know, Web3 is another one of those technologies, right? So I got really intrigued. I was watching this um, interview on Real Vision by um, someone on Real Vision interviewing uh, G Money, essentially. And G Money has been a punk holder for some time. And I think now he has like his admit one collection and what have you. And it's, so he was wearing this punk avatar that was animated on the video. And he was talking about crypto punks and how much it's worth. And I I was following Jay-Z at the time. I, I I noticed that Jay-Z had a crypto punk as well and some others. And as soon as I heard the value proposition of what an NFT was, I was like, holy shit, I get it. Right. Like I, I got it instantly. As soon as I heard... That interview. As soon as I heard the first thing about NFTs, before that, I like knew what I had come across Beeple and some other things, but I hadn't come across anything 10K or I hadn't like properly taken some time to think about it. Right. Um, so then what happens is, you know, I this is June of 2021. Um, I immediately want to set up a MetaMask and, and, and like figure out a way to buy some 10K because 10Ks are popping off back then. And um, the time that uh, I got in, obviously, I was priced out of CryptoPunks or priced out of Bored Apes. Well, I wasn't really priced out of Bored Apes, but given what I know now, I would have, you know, as with anyone, would have been a lot more aggressive with their asset allocation into this, like, crazy, like, new world. But back then, you know, it didn't make sense to spend, like, thousands and thousands of dollars on something. Um, So I got across a couple of projects. So as soon as I started the... Started my NFT journey, um, World of Women had uh minted the day before, I think, and I picked up like my first wow at like 0.0680 or something. Um and then I looked at this other project that I was interested in called Vogu. Um bought that, bought like a bought like a rug or two also, and then I just got into the Discords and I started seeing like price fluctuations like I've never seen in my life, right? Like so the zero point one, the zero 086 becomes like a 1.3 and and all of a sudden you're like making like thousands of dollars off of just not really doing you know some of it is dumb luck for sure but that's how i kind of got introduced to nfts originally right and i'm gonna quickly pause travi just in case you have any questions but then i could kind of walk through how that journey then leads to like me as riddles down the line you know, it's funny the NFT world and landscape like
0: feels like it's happened so fast, yet it feels like it was so long ago. When you mentioned, you know, summer of 2021, and I even remember having conversations like, you know, I think that was uh, a month, maybe two months after the V Friends came out. Yeah, um, I had known what Ethereum was. I had I had known, you know the ether and and how you could sort of spend it. But I had nobody um, in my life to sort of onboard me into any any NFT related stuff or like what a MetaMask was. I pretty much like I found some podcasts and I found some uh, really interesting like YouTube things, which I know looking back on probably is not the smartest thing to do because you have no idea what you're clicking on now half the time. But It was, it was not like an easy, I feel like it was, it's almost like everything that you do in this world to get onboarded is like, it's like counterintuitive, I guess. It's like you connect to this and then you connect to that, but then don't forget to disconnect from this and then don't click on that thing. It's, there's a lot of security things that scare a lot of people off. And I think that, you know, because there were so many people pulling, you know, weird scams or they were looking at you know cats with rainbows behind them selling for a million dollars uh, they they looked at the nft world as as sort of something to poke fun at and that was my introduction to nfts was people that i knew in real life making fun of it and then um, and then the gary v with the v friends thing and i was just like wait Wait, 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 wait. Like, I know not everyone likes Gary, but I like Gary. And if he says that this thing is legit, then let me at least look further into it. Now not to say he onboarded me completely into this space, but I but the point is, like, you know, you had so many things that went on in your background kind of leading up to it. And um obviously now you're a project founder and, and you know, we'll get a little bit more into that. But it's funny like that sort of bridge between, you know, where you were and where you are. So you know yeah what what led to sort of the creation of i guess like it's I, I don't know if you want to call it the riddles brand but like the persona of riddles and you know and you mentioned the word thesis earlier it's it's really like if you were to write a thesis, I feel like on on what's going on right now in the space, I feel like you'd you know you could probably publish that thing and a lot of people would read it, but yeah man i mean what what do you think was a, a big proponent in sort of bridging that gap for you getting into into the space a little bit more full-time, you know, going from, from that world to understanding blockchain to now like NFTs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was, um, spending quite a bit of time in discourse, just learning the space, soaking it in, seeing how like Ethereum moves, learning a lot about Ethereum, seeing how NFTs move against ETH, like all the shit that people need to learn. Right um also elements of quote-unquote alpha right like so i'm a finance guy i know what the word alpha means that's not the way that the nft world uses out the word alpha right sometimes they use the word alpha meaning like insider trading trading right which is which is not uh completely wrong either because alpha just basically you know anyone interested in knowing the different the actual meaning of alpha versus beta so beta is like your s p 500 that moves however the market moves, right? Alpha is your outperformance against the beta, which is like the, the net kind of increased performance. So in theory, some hedge funds who are supposed to be smarter, supposed to have some information or some analytical skills, they're the ones generating alpha. Whereas like if you buy an, uh, an index fund, that's, that's your beta, right? So again, there's a lot of terminology differences here. A lot of the people that operate in this space and trade these assets were um, really far from the financial literacy that you would find even in the traditional markets, right? So I was really intrigued by this market that I thought was like kind of premature with respect to like a lot of the participants in the market. And I got in inna- like, I was just really very interested in learning more and more about this because it was like a cross section of culture, cross section of globalization, the internet, internet money, Um, just cool people, JPEGs, art, everything, right? Like everything just kind of came together and I, I found it hard to not pay attention. So I was on discords for quite a bit of time, jumping from like project to project, talking to people. And, and I found that in discords, like you, 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 you don't get to, um, store any of your energy that you spend on discord because you write something that's profound, Right like five minutes later that thing is gone two minutes later that thing used to be gone because of the number of messages that would come in and you you talk to people and people would kind of know you people would remember you by your name but like people didn't really know you because in those discords you were more talking about the projects at the time right now you may have some discords where you talk about like other things beyond the project but for the most part discords would just talk about projects um so I had a normie Twitter um, as of February, 2022, this year. Um, and I just thought like, you know, I was reading some stuff, I was following some people and I just didn't see the, I like whatever I wanted to read, no one was writing about it. And I had, I had, a, I had formulated a lot of ideas and thoughts by participating so heavily in Discord and kind of just like learning the space. And I just thought that, Like I wanted to share that in a more organized way for people even outside of the projects that I was in to like potentially read or understand, right? So that led to me trying to like write some threads because I was like, what's this thing? What's this thread thing, right? I didn't really know what the big deal was about threads. I thought it was like some tweets strung together. Um, So I was like, well, I I can write a couple um, about some things that I've learned or some things that I think about or things that I think are going to happen. So then I started writing it. And back then, obviously, I only had my normie Twitter account. So anytime I would push something that I thought was good, it was it was like definitely getting some reach. And that was interesting to me back then. But it wasn't getting the reach that I kind of like wanted. Right. Like or that I thought that it deserved because I would see a bunch of let's just say threads that I thought were like nowhere near as good as mine obviously a little biased but um, those things were just like going all over the place and and all of that was a really like a function of people's quote-unquote follower counts right so like the only reason like I'm a person I don't give a shit about my follower count at all the only thing I care about is that The stuff that I write, the stuff that I have to say gets in front of enough people. And now if they choose to share it or not share it because it's good or not good, that's that's on them. I don't really like it doesn't matter to me. All I really want is for people to at least see the stuff I put out and if they find it valuable then they can share it. So then I started writing a lot more and I started realizing that people would just reach out to me over DMs and say like, like, dude, like this is the reason I understand this thing's so much better now. I feel more confident. I was in some garbage project. You told you like your reading your stuff made me realize why it was garbage or there was some 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 like a lot of DMs where people are saying like I like saved them like a shit ton of money because they just avoided something and they got into some good projects. So it was really rewarding for me to get that feedback loop. Which essentially propelled me to like want to write more and more. And and, and just like I just wanted to I I saw a lot of garbage in this space by a lot of people that have like large followings. And I thought that they were the stuff that they were putting out was misinformation, was inaccurate, was just overall bad for the space because because now you're just misleading a bunch of people that are new that are going to listen to your crappy advice and your pump and dumps and people Like, there's a lot of unethical shit in this space. And then once someone realizes that, like, they have a bad experience in this space, they're just going to leave and they're going to tell their friends that this place is shit. Right. So so I was like, what can I do to to change that?
0: Yeah, sorry not to cut you off. You actually went on to to discuss something I was actually um, thinking about asking you because, you know, you've inspired a lot of people. And maybe at first you wanted to get that information out there. And uh, maybe at first you kind of did it just because you saw some injustices or uh, you wanted to get some things off your mind. But you started to get a little bit of that feedback where, you know, you, something I'm really big on is how can you use Web3 to make you know, web three better, or how can you use web three to make yourself better or the world a better place? And if you have people coming to you saying like, you saved me here, or I really appreciate you for for writing this. I mean, I think, you know, th- I, that was a really great, I feel like start and it, it really started to catch some fire. And the reason I jumped in, and, and I don't want to name any names. Um, there are a lot of people who are maybe well known in the space who are known as like, um, so I've been using the term like cash grab influencers, or not really quite sure what they would call yeah. themselves. Though I'm sure that they wouldn't necessarily disagree with the fact that maybe they influence certain floor prices and stuff. But like you mentioned, man, sometimes they pull the rug out, and the newbies trust them, and then they're left. there holding a bag, and and it turns them off to the whole space, and it really leaves a sour taste in their mouth. Where you know people like you know. I, there's a lot of people who you and I ha- have, you know, kind of become friends with in common um, who are, you know, putting information out there. Um, you know, M from CryptoChicks, who's a CEO, is always on TikTok now, you know, trying to inform people yeah. about the world of Web3. So that's, you know, that's kind of caught a little bit of fire, which is cool to see. Um, you know, I'm doing this podcast pretty much just because I want to stand beside the people who are, um, you know, positive and, and building and, and not pulling the rug out from people. And then just so people out there know that there, there's good people out there. Yeah. Yes. Of course, everybody wants to make a, you know money in their life, but there's a way to go about it where you're not kind of as uh, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, the old fashioned statement where, you know, we, we want everybody to make it. And there's that old, I don't know how old it is now, but this, we're all going to make it thing. Um, In a way, you know, I I know that it was overused for quite some time, but I think if somebody's going to make it in this space, um, it's not going to happen automatically. So they have to sort of start to sift through uh, some of the, the bad actors and then get to know some of the positive people. Like yourself, so you know you've you've gotten yourself to a point now where you know you're understanding. You stand out apart from you know the the people who are doing the pump and dumps, and you're you're getting you know positive feedback, and you're getting a lot of people who not you know not only are, are following you, which I know you said the numbers don't matter, but the impact does because everything that you say. To at least to me, and I know people who I know who follow you, we're able to use some of your information to to help other people. So it's kind of like this pay it forward thing. So you know, where where are you at now? Sort of knowing that there's you know these positive influences like yourself, uh, negative influences that are kind of doing it for for them, and and sort of where where do we move from here? Because you know you you have grown, uh, your growth is obviously continuing, um, and your impact is is vast. So I guess. Kind of where are we now and also what do you want your legacy to be? Like if we, if we had to kind of put that – you know, if Web3 sort of ended tomorrow, <laughs> um, even though it's probably not going to start <laughs> until way after tomorrow, um, right. Right. what, what yeah. do you want people to sort of you know, know about you and, and what do you want to really leave behind?
1: yeah so i, I want to address a couple things first before before going there right and i think eventually i'll work my way to that question so uh one note is i you know i know you call them like cash grab influencers i call them shill influencers. so i want that word to stick um i'm also a big fan of M. Uh, she's one of the first people who like retweeted some of my stuff that was that i thought was good so i appreciated that that exposure that she gave me back then Um, and, And you're absolutely right. There's a lot of really good people that are doing great shit and that have integrity, right? And I think that I always say that these people are the silent majority, right? Because I think most people are good, but unfortunately, the bad actors reaped so many rewards that people now, like they kind of clamor onto that because they don't want the, to bite the hand that feeds them, kind of, right? Like, like no project founder thinks that I'm gonna piss off, like, these five people and somehow still get the marketing that I need, right? So unfortunately, there's a dependency. Um, the good thing with me is that, like, I, I have a really good job that pays really well outside of Web3, so, like, I don't have to depend on shitty people to, like, like, I don't have to depend... My whole lifestyle on how I do on web three. And I think that part gives me a little bit of an advantage because I don't put up like with shit from anyone. And in fact, I think what I've tried to do somewhat deliberately is just like, just, just be honest about the shitty people in this space. And I don't care who I offend. Sometimes I offend projects and and I have and some some of the projects are good I still offend them for the bad things that they do sometimes I offend people for what they do and like to me I just feel like I need to be the counter voice to all of the toxic positivity stuff or all of the bullshit that happens in the space right and and to be honest like I think that's why my following grew because I was flooding my own bags I literally often had like a ton of a project, and if the if if the project did something I absolutely despised, I would call it out. Um, even though I was holding those 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 things right, so I think in this space, what's really becoming pretty critical is is credibility and how much people believe you and how much people think you're honest and authentic. So, um, you know, that whole um, approach to my you know delivery of content. Coupled with the fact that I feel like I'm one of the few people in this space who really understands capital markets and how the world economy works. And I could tie that into business because I, you know, I'm a consultant for 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 businesses and um, I could tie that into Web3 because I think I, I like really know culture. Right. So what how does that impact my legacy? Right. I think my legacy is really. Um, here is an honest person who's going to start shit talking. Like I started shit talking influencers because I think, I think influencing shit is like, it's a joke, right? Like, unless you are, um, really like adding value to people, right? Like, like a lot of influencers are just, just, they're just famous for being famous, right? It's like the kind of like the Kardashian effect. Um, you don't know how they got there and they have 72 million people, but they do. And I'm not saying like, I don't, I'm not badmouthing Kardashians. I think they work hard to like get to where they are. But but um, I am the counter to the, um, I think, empty calorie stuff that a lot of the influencers have. And I am a voice for the people that want to speak out against this type of behavior. And I want to give them something that people respect that they can retweet because um, a lot of times there's a lot of people who may feel a certain way, but they're new to the space and they have, let's say, 300 followers. They'll write something, the same thing that I would write, that would go nowhere. Um, but I, I want to give them stuff that they feel because I feel the same way and they can just retweet it. And all of a sudden, my comment section has a bunch of like-minded people who feel the same way about the space. So the legacy, and I'll talk, I'll talk about Grassverse in a, in a bit and, and, and why I started it. But um, the legacy that I really want to leave behind is just wanna, I, I want to do something really big in, in the space, in the world, right? This is not so much a Web3 thing. This is a world thing for me. Um, now, how I do it is to be determined. But I just know that if I put in some consistency, I think outside the box, I do things the right way, it's going to happen for me. And the last thing that I wanted to touch on Is that like I care a lot about money, but I care about long term money, right? A lot of people care about the short term money. So what does that mean? That means that a lot of people will take a million dollars today and and screw over their reputation, screw over their future potential, screw over everything because they can get like a million dollars today cash at hand by rugging people or hurting people and they don't really have the moral compass, right? Versus if you want to really do things the right way, you can probably pass up on a million for like a hundred million or a billion dollar valuation or maybe $10 billion valuations down the line. If you are building like if you're not taking shortcuts and you're just building things the right way with like a big vision and, and execution in mind. Right. So like what what is my legacy? My legacy is to make this space much better. My legacy is to um forward the the missions and the core kind of ethos of web 3 into its dissemination out to like other world uh stuff right that currently don't use web 3 so like that that's the goal how i will get there i'm slowly starting to build vehicles to get there but um it will it won't come overnight but it will come over time i'm 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 pretty confident
0: yeah, I mean, I think you are doing that. I think that everybody who has, you know, got into, not just read some of your threads, but also understand that you are authentic in the way that you uh, put your content out there. And I think that's why you and I align um, and sort of became—I don't know if you wanted to say friends. I'm gonna—I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh, we're definitely friends.
1: We're definitely friends. All right. Right?
0: I, I was gonna say I, I'm gonna call us friends, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's there's different. Different people, and I think that you know the more time you spend in the space, and the space can mean anything—whether it's trading, uh, like running around in Decentraland, uh, discords, going on Twitter, whatever the space means to to the listeners out there—you um, can sort of start to understand sometimes where people's motives are coming from. And I know you kind of said like you fud your own bags, but really, you know, you're holding people accountable for things. And you go back six to eight months and many of us weren't really doing that. I mean, I I made a joke on a previous podcast episode where, you know, if it was like October or November of 2021 uh, and the founder of a project's name was like OX Ghost, like nobody would have asked any questions. And now we want to know, you know, who they are, uh, who's on their team, a little bit about the, you know, what led them to sort of have this idea for this project in the first place. And you know, yes, you know, your legacy uh, is is still continuing to build. So yeah, you're creating your vehicles, um, and one is Grassverse. And uh, I, I mentioned, you know, that this is this is your project. I, I know we don't want to use the term project. I guess it's more of like your ecosystem, and. Right. Um, I I actually purchased my first Grassverse um, and it was, I wish I had a name right here, but it was the castle um, and it was in England. Yeah,
1: Castle Queen.
0: Yes, Castle Queen, exactly. So that's probably, I should have probably just remembered that. But but I bought that in celebration of um, my acceptance to speak at NFT London. And I think that it went hand in hand because I was already looking at your project and I was already looking at ways that I could positively influence the space And, you know, you and I were already sort of touching base and and kind of talking about, yeah, we should maybe do a Twitter space together. Uh, We, you know, we have a lot of like-mindedness, but it all came together, I feel like, on that one day. You know, and as you grow, what, one thing I like about you and the way you communicate with your holders is you do it through a little bit more of like um, like an organized process. I mean, maybe you want to talk about that too, but it's a little, it feels a little bit more um, personal in the way that you do it um, with your, you know, with the messages and the small group that you've created. Do you want to talk a little bit about Grassverse and, and what led us to Grassverse and um, sort of where you where you think you might see it going in the future?
1: Yeah, no, e- exactly right. Um, happy to talk about that. So in the process of me growing and writing threads, every single person kept asking me if I had a project, um, you know, if I was looking to start a project. Like every single person assumed that I was working on something because of like some of the things that I was saying. Right. And I, I had an, I had options to, you know, you know, help others with their projects. But like none of that really resonated with me. Um, what I, what I wanted to do, um, was to think about a way of like really creating a community around what I was doing anyways, because there was a lot of people who are, you know, big fans of my threads, right? So it's like, okay, well, how do I, um, get them, you know, into the inner circle, so to speak, um, because they're just, you know, they, they want to interact and they want a level of engagement that they would value a level of engagement, right? Um. So I, I've been, you know, I sat out the bull market, like I, if I really wanted to, there was a lot of projects launching 10K PFPs um, that had like half the followers that I did, and they're launching like 10K projects, um, which, and it would sell out in the bull market, right? And if, if I wanted to do a crash cash grab, I could probably done a cash grab because I actually had reputable, like I was a reputable um, X thousand people uh, with the following or whatever, right. Unlike like a project account that is just, people are following for a flip or something like that. Right. Um, I didn't want to do that. Um, I, so I waited out to the bear market and I basically, um, thought that, um, you know, that if I really wanted to be around any group of people, it's likely the group of people that are sticking around where everything is nuked because if you still have conviction in NFTs and Web3 at this point, I wanna be around you because you're gonna be future leaders and I want to build a community of future leaders. Because guess what's gonna happen? Like when this community grows even larger and the leaders themselves are bigger and bigger people, then you've built like a powerhouse community. And there's going to be a lot more reach down the line because everyone will have respect for the project and everyone will share uh, things. Right. The other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to change the meta and I hate following people around and, and copying people. So everyone's coming up with new 10K projects and I'm like, if, if you've seen the volumes on OpenSea, if you see how many people are actually on Twitter, what makes you think that you can drop, that there is 10,000 people who give a shit about your project? What makes you think there's 2,000 people that give a shit about your project, right? So people are just doing things for the sake of like, oh, it's worked in the past, so it's going to work today. I'm not a person that's like that, right? So I want to change the model of starting really small and building sustainably and organically and never Um, devaluing uh, peoples and their and their holders so I thought of um, something that I had had passion in which was um, travel and photography and I and by no means I was a professional photographer Um, I'm like probably I'm an amateur for sure but um, the idea was that photography was something that was accessible to people right so if you're a person who wants to do art Um, You probably need a canvas and and paint and a lot of other things, and some of that can be expensive. Um, If you want to do graphic design, you need some software, you need some education, some training. Um, No matter what kind of art you really wanted to do, although AI is kind of changing that now, but that's a different topic. um, You you didn't necessarily, you know, if you want to do ballet and all those things, it would cost you money. But photography was something that folks generally had a high-quality camera phone in their iPhones. Or they can have a nice camera that they like take around and and they enjoy things right so what i thought was missing in the space is i thought that there were way too many animal pfps cartoon animal pfps they were everywhere a lot of the art was art which i call like you know human imagined imaginary art right that is not exactly um you know it's 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 not essentially um something that uh, like is, is outside. So I thought that not enough I thought too many people were staring at their screens, not going outside, not enjoying life. It was a summertime like I really wanted to bridge the gap between Web 3 and the real world because a lot of times when people think about the metaverse, they think about things that are in their screens, right? The metaverse is not in your screens in my opinion, right? I think the metaverse is just the way that we connect with the whole world. And it doesn't have to be through, like, strictly digital means. It could also be through, like, the way technology is enabled all over the world. So if you're traveling all of a sudden and you pull out your your MetaMask wallet and you scan something and, therefore, you can now access that new experience in a different part of the world, well, guess what? The Metaverse, it wasn't just in your computer. The Metaverse is actually, like, out there in the real world. And I think photography is just a vehicle to um get to the outside world and have people like have better mental health because they're going outside and appreciating things and, and 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 engaging with their loved ones and all of those things and the last thing that i thought about was that photography was a means for people to connect on a more humanly level right so like now in our discords, you see people sharing their kids, you see people sharing their meals, you see people sharing their views. Well, guess what, if you now are sharing photography about like some like, you know, pizzeria you went into in like Venice, then all of a sudden there's someone else who traveled there who may have tried the same pizzeria and then you sparked a conversation. Right Or someone now, can you can give them tips about something. You can uh, tell them about a recipe of something that you cooked up. It doesn't matter, but photography kind of enables that in, in a um, Web3 environment where it was kind of like not common to talk about people's lives. They were talking about floor prices and they were talking about like the next alpha and the partnerships and all of that stuff, right? So what is Grassverse? Grassverse is essentially the riddles thread club that everyone wanted because they want that insider knowledge of of things that I write about and I don't write about just summary stuff right anyone can summarize I take a perspective of the future and I challenge the status quo I think that's why people resonate with some of the stuff I write it's not that like let me explain to you this ETH 2.0 merge like you can find that 20,000 different places if you wanted to what you can't find is how the meta is changing. You can't find why, like, we're going to make it as bullshit. Where is the rug pulls? Like, you can't find some of those things that I talk about. And that's that's the point. Um, so half of the project is literally people that are interested in writing and knowledge sharing and really critically thinking about the whole world. The other half of the project is people who are interested in art, photography, lifestyle, community, and all of those things, right? And those two things kind of come together and create this beautiful thing called Grassverse. Where you have, you know, if you came for the threads and the knowledge, you now found community and photography as like a way to like stick around, right? If you came for, if you're a photographer who came in, well, guess what? Now you have like free knowledge and education that you can be a part of. So it's like a win-win no matter which angle you're entering the project from, right? That's one part. The other part is the fact that I am also creating a creator um, co-creator model where people who hold grass first will eventually be able to submit their photography to be a part of my collection. So all of a sudden you're not just gonna see riddle stuff on my OS um, drops and my collections that are gonna come with all the quote unquote I won't let's just call it benefits of the membership, right? That comes with the collection and you're gonna see your Piece That you worked on be published right so everyone loves to be published people um, want You know to 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 belong somewhere and 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 that's really gonna add additional meaning to what? You know what it means to be a part of community and to build a community You're not just necessarily a holder because most of the projects they create their own stuff and they sell it to people Well guess what people if if you hold stuff you get to create stuff that sure the next batch of people are gonna buy Right, but then they get to create it and that's how the ecosystem kind of grows, right? And how cool would it be when you start seeing people in the community collect each other's art pieces, right? And there's an upside that the that the artist who's the photographer are, are gonna be able to, you know, benefit from. So once you combine the knowledge and the photography potential, um, and, and there's a lot of other things that I that I have thought about about like I won't get I won't get into that for, for, cause I don't want to kind of cause any like floor stirs or anything like that. But, um, but there are things and there are some legitimate plans and thought behind how the way the project is constructed that I think makes it so unique. And so, um, under the radar because I don't market it, right. I don't market what I'm doing within the traditional way that projects are marketed. And I don't even want to call out some of these things in a proper roadmap because I just want to execute. And pe- have people value the project for what happened. I don't want people to value the project on like what they think is going to happen in five years for sure. Right. So that's the whole um, kind of like the large TLDR on, um, you know, on on Grassverse.
0: Well, I think if uh, the listeners have been wondering over the last few uh, episodes what I mean when I say that we are going to have thought leaders on the space, I think that they can agree that um it is happening. <laughs> this is why we call Riddles one of the thought leaders um in the world of Web3. Um Riddles coming out with the Grassverse, I think one of the interesting things about that is you know not only does it Kind of do what you said, which I think is kind of a boom mic drop moment, which, which is that the metaverse is everywhere around us, not just in your screens. I think what it does, um, and I'll, I'll kind of let you kind of say like a parting, um, parting point to this too, because I want to be respectful of your time, um, is, is that it gives access to you and your ecosystem and, and what you're building. Uh, and what I have so much respect for is, The idea that you know that you have more coming out, the idea that, you know, you want to surprise people in a very positive way with that, and it's just kind of like rewards them for already believing in you. So, you know, before we kind of close up, what's something that you'd like to say to all, you know, you you did amass a large following in a short time. Diehard fans, uh, or at least diehard thread readers, uh, which I, which I am one of, and, and a lot of <laughs> our you know close friends are as well. Um, so, what's something you would like to say to to just anybody out there who's you know not just listening because they're interested in grass first, but you know getting involved in, in you and sort of um, investing emotionally at least, um, you know their their time and and emotions and um, being a collector of yours.
1: Um, basically, what I would say is that one of the things that I also you know didn't mention because there's so many things about Grassverse and there's a thread on it, which are probably articulated a little bit better than me speaking, um, is the fact that I could have gone out from the very beginning and just cash grabbed the whole thing. Right. I could have been like, OK, I think there is this much ETH demand for me. I'm going to I'm going to issue my tokens exactly at that price. And then after that, it's going to be speculation because I like took all the upside from the market. Um, I've only done a hundred token um, issuance, which was at 0.1. And I think the floor at at one point was like one ETH. So it was like a 10 X. And now it's like, you know, 0.6. I think there's only one listed at 0.6 regardless. So 6 X or something like that. Um, and I also did two uh, token drops of the addition twos. So I I literally dropped half of the addition twos onto existing holders because I wanted to give additional value to people. Right. Um, the reason I do this is is somewhat, um, you know, it's calculated because one, I want people to benefit from being early supporters of me. That's one. And I always want to do that. So no matter what your entry point is, is I'm going to I'm like going to personally. Um, always try my best to keep making sure that the value accrues to people that were earlier and earlier and that's going to continue forever for 10 years 20 years whatever um the um so so i i always wanted to do that because like now when every floor is tanking like my floors are actually up right and i don't think about floors i don't talk about floors but one thing that i do know is it's important to keep like devaluing and diluting people's assets in mind so i'm not an artist that's just going to keep dropping supply on people and just just demolishing the value of one piece because some artists do that because they don't know economics and nor am i a, a greedy capitalist who's just gonna cash grab the shit out of it i'm like this person in the middle who like tries to do like the best of both worlds that's the one part the other part is if anyone thinks that my following in the bear market, because if you think about what the bull market was, like September of last year was a bull market, January was a massive bull market, February was kind of a bull market, after that it started dying down a little bit, although you can say the other side meta stuff was kind of interesting. But I've amassed a following from 200 people to like, let's just say, for, for simplicity, let's just say I had 240 Normie followers, now I have 24,000, so that's 100x, right? So my growth in six or seven months has been a hundred x. Let's let's just put it that way. Now, in the next six months, could I do a four x growth? Maybe. So let's just say I grow four x in the next six months, or maybe a year. I don't know, right? So now, if if, if my you know the value of my ecosystem is whatever it is, uh, the token multiplied by um, the, the 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 floor value gives me the market cap of the ecosystem. Like, what do people think the value of that ecosystem is going to be if and when I get to 100K or 200K or 500K? Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I personally think that's going to happen. So then it gives people an, an, an access and an ecosystem to me. Right. So that so they get they get to kind of, you know. Invest in me, so to speak, right? And you don't get these types of early investments in, in many other things because of the way people structure it, right? That's that's one difference. Um, the other thing is is that, and, and you've seen this, Travi. Hopefully, in the in the various uh, you know DM groups that I have, and there's three of them in Graspers because there's a 75 person limit on Twitter. Uh, but basically, I I always think from like a game theory and Nash equilibrium perspective. There's a lot of people. Who have others join their project and they're threatened by like the success of other people right in the project because they're like, okay, what if that person gets like bigger than me or what if that person starts stealing like my community members to their projects, all of those things. I'm the freaking opposite of that. I literally try to make sure that I foster people to be the best version of themselves and to grow more so that they can feel supported. And why do I do that? Because think about it this way. Like, if you're in a community where you're being supported and you're being encouraged to do your best, chances are you're going to stick around in that community, you're going to bring more people into that community, right? Versus if you're in a community that, you know, you think that, like, the the founder for some reason is threatened by, like, something competitive that you're doing with them, then, like, why would you want to stick around in that community, right? So I want to help others and I want to, I know that the space is going to be much bigger and I want to be, I want it to be the the best of the best, um, kind of a, a space, so to speak, it's going to take some time. Cause I like still have a full-time job. I do this part-time. Um, but if there's ever a point that I switch over to doing this full-time, like, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Um, the other thing I'll say is that during my growth from 240 people to, uh, 24,000 people, I did not have a community behind me that was invested in my success, right? Meaning that, like, I did not have "quote unquote" a marketing engine of people who now will have an incentive to retweet my stuff because the better the Riddlesverse does, the better their, you know, personal situation with my holdings, right? So, like, I've created a system now with Grassverse and and Riddlesverse. That is basically the same thing that I was doing in the past anyways, but now there's an infrastructure to have it be on steroids, right? And that's something that I don't think people have fully caught on yet because when I start launching the same threads that I was launching for six months, if I start launching those exact same kind of like line of threads for the near future, because I'm always trying to be ahead of the game, then all of a sudden there's like a whole community behind me who, who now... Are are you know personally invested in this project and the community, and all of that is hopefully going to propel things even further for for the whole mission of of, of myself and the community, right? So so that is there's a lot of things to think about. Um, this stuff that 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 I've been putting together it sounds simple, but a lot of times simple is very complicated, right? And hopefully, like when I kind of explain it the way that I do, people can see like the strategy and the nuance of like doing things a specific way and why it was done.
0: Yeah, it, there's extreme nuances for sure. I mean, it's beautiful photography. Um, it gives access to to you. It gives access to this, these small groups that you mentioned are limited to 75 people. And it, it gives them access to one another. So, you know, I, I know sometimes people say, you know, it, it, that the art is the utility or that the community is the utility. But, you know, I just think kind of riding alongside with you as you grow, it it in itself is a utility. I mean, imagine being able to sort of be on the ride with somebody, you know, you mentioned, you know, if you do get into it full, whether you get in full time or not, I just, I still think that you're um, going to have a a history, um, a legacy that I think anybody would be proud to sort of be a part of. Um, And, you know, it's not just because we're you buying some of your your tokens and and the beautiful art i mean i th- I think that it's because we are recognizing now that there are good people in the space and there are thought leaders in the space who um you know, I know we can't use the the word invest, but we could certainly invest our time and our emotions uh into somebody and i I think that's what you have right now so um yeah every everybody out there who hasn't had a chance yet, remember it's grass verse nFt. The art is beautiful. His name is riddles.eth. It's at Ethernaz, E-T-H-E-R-N-A-Z. If you uh, have an opportunity to at least you know, get involved, take a look at Grassverse NFT. I think you will be extremely happy to not only see the beautiful photography, but you know, ride right alongside uh, Riddles. So Riddles, I know we're out of time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, is there anything you'd like to say? I will let you have the last word, my friend.
1: No, Travi, look, like I knew that this wasn't going to be for 30 minutes because uh, with like-minded people, it never is. And we could probably go for another five um, hours, right? So like anyone who's listening, you know, I appreciate you supporting Travi. Um, And if this uh, audio makes itself to you somehow and you aren't following Travi, please do so. Um, And and Travi, you know, now that you're, you know, best of luck in in NFT London, I think that's fantastic. I love having like, you know, just just good, like kind, intelligent people just representing the space. So, like, I can't wait to be a part of your journey and and, and I I can't wait to have you be a part of my journey. Right. And all of this shit is very mutual. Um, So I really appreciate you having me on board. And for those who are listening, who are new to this space, always remember, right, like, It's the bear markets that really make like millionaires billionaires leaders builders whatever right like whatever your life objective is and it doesn't have to be financial just remember that it's much better to start from the bear market and end in a bull market rather than to end in a bull like to start in a bull market and then see where it goes right so um, anyone who's listening please don't give up on it imagine you had an opportunity to you know start and join web3 when it was 2018 when no one was talking about it you would have probably been laughing right now so like just you know just remember that everything is cyclical just under, just try to understand the technology and what it has the potential of doing. Follow good people in the space. Um, you know, speak up when you have to speak up. You know, be a be a good human being, and the rest will kind of take care of itself. So I really appreciate uh, you once again, Travi, for having me on board. And I can't wait to do uh, more of this in the future with you.
0: I appreciate the kind words, and and Riddle kind of summed it up in the same way that we always summed it up, which is, let's keep on bringing one love to Web three. <laughs> Love it.
1: Peace. Love it, brother. Chat soon, man. Thanks so much, buddy. Yep.
0: Big thank you to my buddy, Riddles, for joining me and having a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Please make sure that you find a way to at least enter the Riddles ecosystem. So maybe you want to check out Grassverse NFT. That's G R A S S V E R S E NFT. Or you can head over onto Twitter and follow Riddles. It's at Ethernaz, E-T-H-E-R-N-A-Z. Who knows? You might even see myself or some other project founders or some other thought leaders, as we call them, crossing your path. So thank you again. And let's keep on supporting good people in this space. One thing I do appreciate about you out there is A lot of people have been reaching out to me at Mr. Travis, though, on Twitter and um, began to realize through some of the interactions that not everybody has the same foundation uh, on where they are in NFT land. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're making a podcast and you're so deep into working with companies, you forget sometimes, wow, you know, I onboarded myself over the course of, I guess, months. So I thought it might be fun to have a tutoring session at the end of some episodes about NFTs. So let's have an NFT tutoring session. We should really develop as a community. I'm not telling you what to do, but it's an opinion of mine that we should have some kind of an elevator pitch for when somebody asks us what an NFT is. And the reason I say that is because if somebody's in an elevator with you and they ask you what an NFT is, and I see that same person later in the day and they ask me what an NFT is, they might get two completely different answers and they're more confused than they were before they asked the question in the first place. Now, a lot of us start with what NFT stands for, right? We always say, oh, it stands for non-fungible token and it doesn't really help anybody still understand anymore. And then we go into sort of our spiel about like an NFT uh, from our vantage point. But what an NFT actually is, it's a digital asset. Okay, so it could be art. It could actually be a digital representation of something that's real, like a home or a pair of sneakers or a baseball card. Okay, as long as it's a digital representation of that, it is the real life equivalent of that thing. What do I mean by that? Well, have you ever signed a contract? Well, that contract is a paper that's a representation of the ownership of that thing, right? So it could be the deed to your home. It could be the title to your car. Most of us listening understand how that works, right? But the the difference is it's backed up by something called the blockchain. Once it's on the blockchain, not only is there the time and the date and the person you got it from and the person who owns it now but it's also the blockchain is public that's right so somebody could actually go in and see the transaction and not have to kind of go through and fumble through a bunch of papers to verify the ownership so that's the main thing that i like to discuss about what an nft actually is from there of course there's different use cases but when you're buying an NFT, you're literally buying the ownership digitally, just like a contract, just like a, a receipt, except it's an ownership and it's digital. Why is that important? Because it proves that you own what you, th- what you say you own or what you think you own. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who are art connoisseurs or sneaker heads, and you want to know that it's not a knockoff. An NFT is the way to do that. And you might say, yeah, well, I mean, the store sends me a receipt digitally to my email. Well, that's cool. The difference with an NFT is you can sell the NFT, the representation of the physical good, without the actual good ever even being moved. So for example, if you own a Mickey Mantle baseball card, and somebody wants to buy that card from you for like a million dollars, but it's locked in the safe. You may say, listen, uh, Johnny, uh, I could sell you the card, but, you know, I have to unlock the safe and transport it to you. And Johnny may say, oh, no, listen, Bill, leave that right there in the safe. I just want to own it. I don't even want to touch it. I want to make sure that it stays safe and in mint condition. And you say, oh, well, I could just transfer ownership rights to you on this Digital representation of the Mickey Mantle card called an NFT, and he'll say, "Oh, cool! What picture should we put representing the Mickey Mantle card?" And you'll say, "How about a Mickey Mantle picture?" And, and he'll say, "Oh, that's genius!" So you'll literally be transferring this digital representation, which could be a picture. It could. It doesn't have to be a picture of Mickey Mantle. It could be a picture of a toe. It really doesn't matter. Okay. Point is, it's the digital ownership aspect, and that is what an NFT is. But I did just want to give some background information there. One of the cool things, or the things that I personally think are cool, you may think is pretty nerdy. It's okay. When I'm at NFT London speaking, one of the things I will be speaking about are what you can then do with the nft so what doors can it unlock for you what access can it give you and what things can you get or earn just by holding or owning that nft slash digital representation so I hope this NFT utering session was valuable to you. As I mentioned, people have requested it. I might even actually do its own episode once a week where we kind of cover some news uh, and do some background fun stuff, onboarding people into the NFT space. So anyway, big, big thank you again to Riddles. That's at Ethernaz, E-T-H-E-R-N-A-Z. Big shout out to the community over there at the Flyfish Club. We did have the wine tasting this week. Thank you so much, Gary, Chef Connor, Chef Capon, and of course, Roddy, uh, for putting that together. It was awesome to see our Flyfish family again. And everybody listening, if you or anybody you know uh, might be interested in being a guest on this show and is a builder in this bear market, please feel free to reach out to me. My name is Travi, travi.eth. At Mr. Travis though on the old Twitter. And if you're gonna come and bring some good vibes, then we can build together in this crazy, mixed up, kinda nerdy, kinda cool, brand new world of NFTs and Web 3. And if you want to join me, let's all say it together. Always bring one love to Web 3. Peace.